0: There. welcome into a Wednesday edition of the EP Podcast, and Acoustic Wednesday, and I've got a very special acoustic selection for you coming up midway through the podcast here today. Thanks for joining me. I'm Austin Horton, here each and every day, part of the Zone Sports Network, 1280thezone.com, the Zone Sports Network app. As always, you can find us anywhere you find your podcasts, Spotify, Google, iTunes, iHeart, TuneIn. Wherever you find the podcast, there is the EP podcast. Still need some likes and reviews on the Facebook page, if you would please find us, uh, the EP podcast on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter, at Austin Horton, if you ever want to interact with me, or send me an email, austin.horton at 1280thezone.com. All right, lots to get to today. Uh, I had to pick and choose from stories we're going to share with you today to keep this a truncated uh, uh, commute sized, as we call it, podcast. Uh, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six topics on the docket today, a lot of them including sound bites, and that's where we're going to start today. Executive Vice President of the Utah Jazz, Dennis Lindsay, did a media availability and joined the big show on Tuesday afternoon to update everybody on the goings on with the Utah Jazz. It's been over a month, obviously, since. The uh, March 11th situation, yeah, it's been over almost two months, oh my gosh, it's been almost two months since that happened. Uh, I personally have seen the effects of this pandemic, obviously, dear close friends and family members uh, going through tough, tough stuff, uh, not not necessarily that they ha- have the illness, but the effects of it, the impact on the economy and job loss and what it means for their futures and, and present days and... It's been tough on everybody. And there's some things out there that are starting to maybe show some hopeful, optimistic light at the end of this long, long tunnel. Even if it ends up being just a respite from the fray of the pandemic, it will be something. And Dennis talked a lot about that. uh, And I want to share a few sound bites. But first, the topic that swept the nation after the coronavirus, the, the NBA nation, I should say, Donovan and Rudy, and is it unsalvageable? Do they hate each other? Why are not best friends? Why they can't? No, uh, please. Uh, well, uh, that's I'm, I'm being a little overdramatic about how overdramatic it had turned into. What I think happened was uh, they're two different, very very different personalities. They probably were not the best of friends before. This went down. Perhaps there was some things uh, exchanged or uh, not followed adhered to exactly as uh, strictly as one would have liked the other to adhere to. I don't know. This is just guesses on my part. But I think that the pandemic brings out the worst of times brings out the worst in us more often than not. And it seems like when you've got a lot of issues and then a serious thing like a pandemic hits... Those issues only multiply and magnify, and not go away. Dennis, that that all being said, I'm I'm completely rambling. Dennis Lindsay started his availability with the media and was later asked by the big show to describe the current situation between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And I thought his answers should give a lot of jazz fans and NBA people a big time reason to just move on and know that this is on the right track.
1: As for Donovan and Rudy, uh, I think they both spoke to this. They're ready to put uh, this behind them, uh, move forward, uh, act professionally. Uh, Look, the COVID-19 night of March 12th was really unprecedented. It it brought a microscope to our team, and and we get it. Um, With that said... Uh, we're very pleased with the collective makeup of our group, Donovan and Rudy in particular. And we look forward, uh, to moving forward and they've said their piece, uh, to each other. Uh, uh, they've both visited, uh, at the ownership level, at management level, at the coaches level, at the players level with each other. They're fully participating in our zoom workouts and, uh, there's going to be another level, I, I think, for the whole team to get back to each other. And frankly, I think our gratitude um, towards each other will, will be deeper, uh, deeper that we miss the camaraderie. Uh, we miss the competition. Uh, we even miss you guys. And, and so with that said, we, had full, we fully expect the team to come together in a, in a great way and, and continue to move forward. Uh, as a group, we were just starting to improve as a team those last six or seven games. I think we we found a few things, a few rotations that really uh, worked. And I think at the end of the day, Donovan and Rudy, I don't want to speak for them on every matter. They'll speak for themselves moving forward. But I think uh, at the most basic level, they know they need each other to accomplish the goals that we want to accomplish as being the last team standing in the NBA. What happened on March 12th at Oklahoma City, uh, just brought a microscope to a team that was really unprecedented. And the best I can tell you guys is we not only believe in Donovan and Rudy, but we believe in the, the entire group moving forward. You know, specifically those two, they're both ready to move forward as professionals, Uh, We've spoken to both privately. Uh, They know the quality of our team. Uh, Maybe even more importantly, they know how much they need each other. Um, You know, we've never made one proactive uh, trade call on either one. Uh, They're the type of unique talents and competitors that we're looking for. Uh, To be frank, we need more uniquely talented and competitors like them, not less. Uh, we're not tired of Rudy at any level. That's nonsense. No player, uh, owner, coach has ever asked me to trade Rudy Gobert. Um, and, you know, as you guys know, relationships are part of every team and we're very confident in our collective character in the locker room. And, and frankly, I, I think – how we were able to go about this and be measured and be patient, I think our group will come together. Uh, I think the next step, obviously, is everybody getting in the locker room together. And I expect great things to happen. And I expect that we're going to have a, a really close uh, and very hungry team Uh, coming out of this COVID-19 hiatus period.
0: So they're not going to have matching tattoos. They're not going to get friendship bracelets. They're not going to vacation together. They're not going to name each other's firstborn children after the other guy. That doesn't mean they can't and won't and aren't focused on playing championship-level basketball. And I like how Dennis said in both situations, they realize they need each other. And that's absolutely 100% the truth. So there you go. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. A topic there with Dennis Lindsay. Also, uh Gordon Monson pointed out, and you can find this in the interview's entirety on 1280thezone.com on the uh the front page there. Gordon Monson asked Dennis Lindsay if he thought this type of thing would bring people closer together, especially Donovan and, and uh Rudy. And uh, like I said before we launched that soundbite, when things are bad and then bad things happen, they tend to get worse. But that does not mean that they stay worse. Perhaps that brings you ultimately closer together. Perhaps, perhaps that forces no longer the, the awkward, unspoken problems you have with, you, with each other. And that helps you grow and be closer to one another. I know, uh, just p- peeling back the curtain a little bit here, Gordon and I have had it out several times over the years. And that's only brought us closer together. Uh, and, uh, and Gordon has taught me that, actually, that conflict does not have to be a terrible, horrible thing. It's not supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be the goal. And you're not supposed to uh, want it. But when it happens, it can be healing and a vehicle for progress when done in the right way. So there you go. All right, next up on the Dennis Lindsay Soundbite uh, docket, he was asked uh, to to describe how likely he feels an NBA return to play is in the future and where his level of confidence is.
1: So uh, Adam, the league... Um, had been amazing with the updates, the educational pieces, the protocols, uh, we had Bob Iger, uh, the, the CEO of Disney come on and speak to our board of governors. And he used a phrase that Adam has repeated that I think is wise and that our return will be based upon data, not dates. And I think it's a succinct way to be accurate. So really, there's no way for me to comment, Eric, uh, and give uh, uh, specifications to that. I think uh, the health of our fans, um, of our communities, uh, even before the fans, uh, the players, the staff, are all top at mind. And so uh, when the league deems that to be safe, uh, we'll start – moving forward with, with play, the competition. There's only so much I can share uh, due to the COVID-19 hiatus uh, memo rules, Gordon, but I think the best thing, I, I just got off uh, a Zoom call uh, with uh, a bunch of media. I think the best practice that Adam uh, has really lived out on, on every conference call is bring me your best ideas and he's been very nimble uh, about not wanting to be pinned down uh, on wanting to hear everybody's best ideas and practices and i think at the end of the day uh gordon it's it's going to be about data and and health and safety it's not about any particular arbitrary date that we throw out on May 5th that I think it's going to be X. Um, I, I, I'm not sure us trying to have the crystal ball with an exact date uh, benefits anybody. I think um, our staff, um, our our players, uh, our fans, our community uh, should know that we will come back uh, when it's safe and we really look forward to coming back. And I think that could take on various forms based upon uh, health performance, uh, advisement based upon epidemiology, contact tracing, uh, rapid testing, treatments, vaccinations, Gordon. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm an optimist. I, I think this is where American ingenuity and the best minds will come together and provide some solutions and, uh, and then I, I think I do. I, I believe that we will we'll see uh, college and professional sports moving forward. But those exact dates uh, you know, are planned. I, I don't know what will actually uh, take form.
0: Good to hear people like Dennis Lindsay who are on the phone calls every day, it seems like. Or I would guess at least, at least every day, an update of some kind with the NBA Good to hear people that are hearing those conversations and are part of those conversations say that they're confident it's going to come back. It's just a date is out there hanging somewhere and they don't know when, but he feels it will come back and I think that that's great. I think that's something we need to uh, hang on to and hope for and look for and uh, work towards. You can find those interviews in their entirety entirety, I should say, on 1280thezone.com. There was a lot in there from Dennis that we didn't get to here on the podcast, so make sure you check it out 1280 thezonecom or the Zone Sports Network app. All right, speaking of dates and return to play, the Bundesliga, the soccer league in Germany, part of the DFL, Deutschland Football Liga, uh, they will return to play this month. They're going to be the first European sports league uh to uh, major league i should say to resume play and it was confirmed uh uh, today that they are targeting may 15th or may 22nd as the return to play date uh the the league has nine match days remaining in their season and there was this commitment to finish the season by june 30th that now they're not going to allow fans in the stadium Uh, There's a mass gathering ban in Germany until, I believe, the end of August. Uh, So no fans in the stadium. They're going to play nine uh, league games remaining and finish the season. And when they went to the break, Bayern Munich led the Bundesliga by four points. Christian Seifert, chief executive of the DFL, said today's decision is good news for the Bundesliga and Bundesliga 2. The eyes of Europe and all the world will be on us, said Captain Manuel Neuer. Uh, in an op-ed German broadsheet on Wednesday. Now there's this fear that soccer fans as they want to do will still gather in masses especially outside the stadiums. That's something that the police and personnel and uh, military hopefully not but if if needed will have to deal with at that time. Uh, but I, I, I just hope that everyone just stay home, watch this thing on TV and let's not ruin a good thing. We're at least getting some sports back Please (laughs) Now, uh, begging soccer fans to be normal is like begging water to not be wet. It's just that's how they are. It's part of the culture of the sport and the fandom in that sport. Uh, It's one of the reasons I don't care for soccer in general. But uh, that's just I can't change that. So they'll have to deal with that. But at least we've got some not just a light at the end of the tunnel, but we've got a date, May 15 or May 22nd, Bundesliga, Will return. What does that mean for the NBA, the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, NHL? I think it's nothing but good signs. They're over there about a month and a half, a month to two months ahead of us on this whole coronavirus timeline. Uh, let's let's see where what it means for the United States in the next month or two. Put could, I I think I personally think. That the NBA is going to return and finish the season in some way, shape, or form. I think baseball is going to get a season in. I think the NHL will get a, the rest of its season in the playoffs in. I think the NFL and college football will have a chance to begin their season. If I were them, I would start moving those games into June or July, to be frank and honest with you. Forget about playing half football seasons. Get the full season in now. Get get it, get, you know, open training camp the final week of June. Uh, play two exhibition games or preseason games for the nfl get it and uh and college football get ramped up too and play through from july through october because the the fear is that the respiratory illness months in the cold dead of winter is going to bring a second wave of coronavirus back uh and by second wave, not like it's been gone it's gone anywhere but it's going to be back in force uh in the winter and so why not get them in now and then we can all get through winter together, huddled inside when there's bad weather, where we want to be inside anyway. So just my thoughts, just my feelings. Bundesliga returning. Good news for sports fans everywhere. All right, I got a lot of problems with Elon Musk. Uh, I'm sure people are sick of hearing me talk about him on Utah Carson's, but he continues to be in the news. He does that on purpose, and I take the bait each and every week. And I think he's a morally, ethically, and politically crazy person. Uh, I think he's a bad guy, if we're being frank and honest. Uh, Is he a super genius? Yeah, obviously. Does he have an incredible product in the Tesla? It is so cool. Absolutely. Is he a crook? 100%. Yes. He's the modern day P.T. Barnum and not the greatest showman version that Hugh Jackman made out to be uh, some kind of a reformed hero. No, P.T. Barnum was a a bad, bad person. And that's how I feel about Elon Musk. I can't, I don't really want to go too far into it. Just do your own research, look into it, he's not a good guy. But he's a new father, and congratulations are in order to he and longtime girlfriend pop star Grimes uh, by welcoming their uh, first firstborn son this week. That is such an amazing, beautiful, miraculous time for anybody, regardless of yeah, whether or not I like them. I I like the idea of families, and I love uh, them adding to their family. That's a beautiful, sweet moment, and I wish them nothing but full health and happiness all of their years, all of their days, all of their lives. But it got me thinking, What did uh, there's a couple things here. First of all, I'm going to play in a second. I'd never heard a Grimes song in my entire life, and uh, after I looked one up, I'm sorry I did, but you're going to hear a sampling of it in just a moment. But do you know what they named their child? And this brings back uh, something I've played on the show before. Louis C.K., the comedian, who said there should be some rules about what you can and cannot name your children. They named their child uh, uh, nothing, like a bunch of uh, metabolic symbols (laughs) from the uh, chart of elements. They didn't name him a name. His name is uh, X I A. Dash 12 X I that's the a and the e smashed together. I a dash 12 X I a dash 12 Not a name not a name in the least. I don't know what they're gonna call him what's he gonna he's not a robot. He's not a software. He's a human being baby boy There, there needs to be some rules here fellas. There needs to be laws Enacted write your congressman and woman make sure they know we want rules in place for how and when you can't and what to name your children Ridiculous now Grimes got on Twitter and explained the name And it gets worse. It's not just I, 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 I thought well, maybe they're Maybe this will be okay. This stands for this person our family blah blah blah, but we're really gonna call him Bob or whatever. No, this is his name and here's what she explains x the unknown variable IE, my elven spelling of I, love and or artificial intelligence. A-12 is the precursor to the SR-71, our favorite aircraft. No weapons, no defenses, just speed. Great in battle, but nonviolent. I got news for you. If there's no weapons on it, it's not good in battle. A equals Archangel, my favorite song. And then she's got uh, two swords crossing and a... Rat emoji and says Metal Rat. I don't is his name Metal Rat? Is this what we is this what we're going to call him? Is his name Metal Rat Musk? Come on. Give us something to call the kid. Hopefully this is all just a show. Hopefully this is a pop star thing, her image, his crazy business. Hopefully his real name is like I said Bob. Hopefully they're going to call him Robert or Robbie or something uh, plain, not AX XAEI-12 Archangel my favorite metal rat song or whatever stupid stupid but as bad as the name is of their child wait till you hear this here's a sampling of the song Oblivion by uh pop star uh, Grimes the the new mother Grimes and I could I, I'm just going to I'm going to give you 10 seconds of each minute of the song and let you hear just how terrible this is. That is horrendous. That's ter- how could- it was the same thing over and over and over again until at the end it just was a bunch of robots groaning. No, thank you. No. If anyone ever gives me any grief ever again for liking the band Creed, I will just direct them to the YouTube for Oblivion by Grimes. (sighs) Time to calm my heart rate down. It is an acoustic Wednesday. Which means, I'm going to now play you a good piece of music. Now, this is a bit of a sad story. Um, Sam Lloyd, he's a musician and an actor. Most people know him from his role on the sitcom Scrubs as the uh, uh, bad luck filled uh, Ted, the attorney. Uh, And he was hilarious in that role. I, I know that personally he was a really, really good person. An amazing man, and he passed away this week from a long-term fight with a brain tumor and cancer. And he just—he had just found love recently, got married, had just welcomed his son to the world. He was able, gratefully, by the grace of God, to see and celebrate his son's first birthday. Uh, But with COVID and everything else, he was unable to be with them. And when he did pass, his wife was by his side, though, so that's good news. But he has left this earth way too soon, early 50s, an amazing, beautiful soul, beautiful person. Uh, Donald Faison and uh, Zach Braff have a podcast about their show, Scrubs, which I just, I adored that show so much. Uh, and me and my college roommates would spend hours staying up all night watching those things my my roommate bought all the seasons on uh, dvd from best buy and we just watch them over and over and over again uh but uh, if you want to check out what donald Faison and zach braff had to say their podcast is called fake doctors real friends and uh, they gave a real heartfelt tribute to uh to uh, sam lloyd but outside of his acting he was the lead singer and head songwriter and arranger for a band called The Blanks, which were featured several times during the, the run of the sitcom Scrubs and Cougartown, another Bill Lawrence uh, sitcom. But uh, The Blanks are, they, they mostly cover or arrange popular songs in acoustic version or even a cappella style. And I thought I'd play my favorite selection from them. This is Outcasts Hey Yeah, as covered by Sam Lloyd and The Blanks.
2: Around because she loves me so, and this I know for sure. But does she really wanna? But can't stand to see me walk out the door. I can't stand to fight the feeling, cause the thought alone is killing me right now. Thank God for mama and dad for sticking two together. Cause we don't know how. Hey ya! Uh, uh. Hey ya! Uh, uh. Hey ya! Uh, uh. Hey ya! Uh, uh. Whoa! You think you got it? No, you think you got it, but got it, just don't get it till there's nothing at all. all, all. Oh! We get together, oh, we get together. Separate's always better when there's feelings involved, all, all. Wow. If what they say that yeah. nothing is forever, yeah. then what makes, them? what makes, them? what makes you love the exception? So why, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why wow. are we so in denial when we know we're not happy? Sugar, I am your neighbor, shake it. Shake, shake it, uh, shake, 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 uh, shake, it, shake, shake shake, it, uh, shake 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 it, shake it, shake, it, shake, shake shake, it, shake, shake it, shake it, shake shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake 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 it, shake like it, a Polaroid. shake it, shake shake it, shake it, shake it, shake shake it, 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 shake shake it, shake shake it, shake 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 it, shake 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 shake, shake, shake and shake, shake it, it oh no we shake it up and shake it up and hey uh.
0: God bless Sam Lloyd's family, his wife, his young son. Hopefully they can find peace and strength and uh, prosperity going forward without him in their daily physical presence. But I know he'll be nearby nevertheless. And thank you for sharing your talents with the world, Sam. Okay, a couple quick stories here to wrap up a Wednesday edition of the EP podcast. And they come from two former Dream Team uh, players, Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing. First of all, Patrick Ewing uh, it said that he he a few years ago had his gold medals and his Georgetown championship college championship rings uh, stolen from his home. There was a theft at his home, and they made off with his gold medals and his championship ring. Uh, luckily, Jerry Colangelo of uh, the of Team USA basketball got him replacement medals, but they've never been able to track down the actual, true, uh, authentic gold medals. Which is too sad, which is too bad and sad. They did track down his championship ring though, it showed up on eBay, and they're able to find that. But just kind of a lock your stuff up, guys and gals. Make sure you've got a, a good place for them to be. It's why I honestly I, I think that putting it in like a museum or a, a hall of fame is good, because it's there, it's on display. You can go visit it. It's still yours, but it's being protected and, and housed in a good spot for everyone to enjoy. But anyway, that's just me. Uh, and then Charles Barkley was talking about his uh, longtime rift with Michael Jordan. Now, in the early 90s, it appeared that Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley were the best of friends. It appeared that way, because I, and I say that way because I don't believe it ever was truly that way. Charles Barkley believes it was that way. But they have not spoken in 20-something years, dating back to a time when Charles Barkley, as a TV analyst criticized the way that Michael Jordan was running the then-Charlotte Bobcats, which are now again the Charlotte Hornets. And that apparently made Michael Jordan not want to ever talk to him again. Charles Barkley uh, said uh, on a uh, Waddle and Sylvie show on ESPN 1000 in Chicago recently, the guy was like a brother to me for 20-something years, and I do, I feel sadness, but to me he's still the greatest basketball player ever. I wish him nothing but the best, but there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, When he was asked if uh, he thought Michael Jordan would ever uh, reconcile with him, he said, oh, he's got my number. He can call me. But it's been a long time, so I guess not. Uh, Barkley uh, then also said, the thing that bothered me the most about it, I don't think that I said anything that bad. I'm pretty sure I said to stop hiring your best friends. And that was pretty much it. I remember, uh, and the thing that really got me mad was Phil Jackson said the same exact thing. Uh, Anyway, he goes on and on and on. I got news for Charles Barkley. Michael Jordan was never your friend, guy. He wasn't. Michael Jordan used you as a patsy. He had you around to win money off of in golf, to win money from in poker, to win money from in cards and shoots and ladders or whatever else you were playing. He had you around as a lackey and you thought he respected you and was your friend. He was never and is not now. And that's sad that you're just starting to realize it. But move on. Michael Jordan's a bad guy. And Charles Barkley, you've got your stuff too. You're not an amazing citizen and an upstanding person. And you said back in the day that uh, you you weren't a role model and you were dang right and you still aren't. But you, at least now, hopefully can be told the truth and see the truth. Michael Jordan never liked you. He liked uh, having you around as his patsy and his lackey and his fall guy. You were never friends. You're not now. I'm sorry you had to find out here on the EP podcast. (laughs) All right, that's going to do it for Wednesday edition of the EP podcast. We'll have a throwaway Thursday for you tomorrow. And until then, as always, I'm Austin Horton. Please be good to each other.
3: now for the laugh of the day <laughs> when i was teaching i went home one weekend and i was in my 30s i was probably 33 years of age i went home to see my uh, mother and then i went back and while i was at home my mother did my washing for me because i was only 33 <laughs> and then i went back and on the on the sunday night i got really drunk uh, and then I, I went for a curry and then the next day i went into school I'm going to. I went into school, and it was a school in Slough, and it was a, quite a rough school, but they had a really brilliant hearing-impaired department, so there were he- hearing-impaired kids who, uh, you know, struggled. Mm. They, were, they were really looked after in the school. Anyway, I was really hungover. I went there, and about break time, I felt really uncomfortable. I thought, something's not right, you know? <laughs> so I went to the toilet, and I pulled my trousers down, and, and some of my mother's knickers had got got mixed up in the washi done and I was wearing my mother's underwear. and I went oh god no oh I remember going oh you loser this is such a low point and then, <laughs> and then the curry and the booze the curry and the booze kicked in from the night before so I I I did like a fecal Jackson Pollock. <laughs> I started, I started going, oh, God, not this, not this as well. <laughs> oh, So I cleaned myself up and I pulled my mother's pants back up. <laughs> and I went back into the um, classroom and I saw one of the hearing-impaired kids <laughs> just looking at me like this. And that's when I remembered that my, I had a microphone directly... <laughs>